What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Man in the Arena podcast. If you haven't already, follow us on Primal Baseball at P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We got a lot of fun stuff coming out in the next couple months, and we finally have another guest on the podcast today. So today we have Trey Worcester from Kansas. I connected with him on Instagram. He runs the account Tiwu Strength, and he's an up and coming strength and conditioning coach in the Midwest. So we're going to have a great talk about training, life, and whatever else we we find a way to today. So Trey, I'll let you give a little bit more background before we get into the podcast. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Um, so I'm Trey Worcester. Uh, I'm from Kansas. I grew up in Kansas. Currently go to school at a D2 college in Southeast Kansas in Pittsburgh. Um, so my account, I originally wanted to become a strength coach, kind of started posting exercise stuff because I thought it was cool. Uh, I used it as like an accountability thing. Um, after a while, I kind of got sick of that and then really uh, realized after graduating high school that I wanted to play football in college. And ever since then, that's kind of been like my whole thing. So the past two years, three years now, um, I've been training and learning and doing basically whatever I can to play football again. With that being said, obviously, I'm interested in things outside of strength and conditioning, outside of football, whether that be biology, anything, science, spirituality, identity, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, that's kind of a simplistic background on me without getting like hyper personal. But Yeah, that's a good place to start. And, and I'll go... I'll go right off of that and and talk about the identity thing. Um, some 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 kids that listen to this podcast are high schoolers or you know aspiring college baseball players for the most part, and and now hopefully with your crowd it'll be football players and and other athletes too. One thing that has been similar, and and we t- and Trey and I talked about this before we hit record. We both kind of always saw ourselves as for me, a baseball player. And for Trey, it was always a football player. So at some point, whether you're 18 or 45, you're going to lose that title. Um, so for us, like finding an identity as like an actual person, like having, having sports be part of our lives is an amazing blessing. And I'm very grateful that, that I was able to, or that I am able to play sports and continue to try to play athletics. Uh, but I understand that also I need to be able to have something outside of sports that also can drive me forward and, and just look at life in a, in a bigger perspective and, um, things like family and, and other interests and hobbies. And in doing that, that will actually make you a better, well-rounded person and can help you on the actual field as well. So Trey, do you want to talk about kind of, you know, losing your identity as a football player and kind of how you're, you're finding that back? Yeah, for sure. Um, so like many people that play high school sports, you know, you graduate, um, all high school. I thought of myself as a football player. I didn't really, I mean, you're high school. I wasn't thinking about what my identity was. Um, upon graduating, I kind of realized, um, after it set in that I wasn't playing football again, in the uh, near future. Um, I didn't really know who I was. I was lost. I mean, I didn't have, I had more free time than I could manage. Didn't know what to do. Didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. And obviously after that, I wanted to play football. So I started investing my time to 
get my foot in the door to college somewhere. And with that started actually um, introspectively, like looking at myself and saying, okay, who am I? I started reading books like most people didn't read books in high school because I thought they were boring. Uh, first book I read was uh, David Goggins' book. I forget what it was called. Can't Hurt Me? Yeah, Can't Hurt Me. I, watched, I, I read that one right after I graduated. Completely changed my uh, – it sounds like a cliche thing today. Cliche thing to say, but completely changed the way I viewed life. Um, I started looking at myself as more than a football player, as an actual human. Um, and ever since then, I've been kind of on this journey of realizing who I am and then understanding that I can shape who I am and trying to figure out who I want to be and how I want to do that is something I've been really uh, infatuated with as of recently because, you know, I haven't been focusing on my identity for more than two years now. And, you know, um, it's a really cool thing once you realize how impactful you can be, how impactful your identity is to not only yourself, but your family, your friends, the rest of your life. I mean, yeah, I think, I don't know. I just think it's awesome. As soon as you realize that you're, you're, you're something more than uh, a football player, a baseball player, an athlete, artist, whatever it is, and that you're actually human, you start appreciating other people. You start appreciating yourself. Um, and it kind of just like, I don't know, it, it makes sense to me. And I think it's something that I really want to spend more time on. Because once you understand yourself, I feel like I was much more at peace knowing who I am and like what I am. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. But I think, I think that sums it up. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, for for a lot of athletes, I'm sure they experience very similar things to, to what we both, you know, went through and, and are going through. But to me, yeah, I mean, just figuring out kind of kind of who you are as a foundation, but then allowing that to, to cultivate other things like at, when you when you find out kind of that you are more than a baseball player, you're able to develop and create a bunch of other things that you weren't able to before. And 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 like you said, yeah, appreciation for others and just knowing that I looked at people differently. Honestly, like when I was uh when I when I was pretty hard set on on just being an athlete, I didn't really see how anyone could think about anything else. I was like, how are you guys? Like it, it was hate. It was like jealousy or anger, or hate towards others. Um, because probably subconsciously deep down, I didn't, mm -hmm. I, 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 I was like yearning for that or yearning for, to have other hobbies when, um, I didn't. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of things can, can, de can develop because you are just set on one thing instead of having something else to, to look forward to again, subconsciously, I think it, it scares you when you only feel like you have that one thing. And it kind of is a tricky question, right? Because you're like, oh, well, if you're not going to go all in, right? There's always that all in aspect. It's mm -hmm. well, if, there, if if you're only if you're only doing baseball, then you're giving yourself a chance. But I I've started to think that without spreading yourself too thin, right? If you're doing ten different things, then maybe you're not going to be able to be as good as you can. But if you're doing one or two things and have a couple things outside, that that actually helps take away some pressure and stress from the game and allows you to do um, do more and, and have a better performance when you come to the game because you can get away from it a little bit. Also, adding on to that, the cool thing is like there's nothing – we're obviously not saying there's anything wrong with identifying as an athlete, looking at yourself as an athlete. That's going to happen. That's going to be – that's part of it. That's the cool thing about it is you're not going to be the same person you were yesterday. You're not going to be the same person you were last week. You're not going to be the same person you were last year. 
And I think that's another nuanced aspect of it is that your identity is ever changing. It's not like some solid state. You're like, okay, I'm set on this mindset. I'm going to think like this for the rest of your life. I mean, you could do that if you want, but that's a pretty stupid thing to do because I mean, you live and you learn. Um, so just going into that saying how like being an athlete, there's nothing wrong with it, but understanding that there is more out there. There is more than sports. There's other things you can explore, venture into. And unless you're in the top 1%, sports isn't going to be your entire life, especially not playing sports. Yeah. And it's, it's really what Trey's talking about. What Trey is talking about is the, like having a growth mindset and that, and that I'm sure in, in most of the books that we both read, that's, that's pretty eminent in, in the teachings and the, and the lessons within, but um, yeah, just being able to, to continually know that, that you don't know everything. And, you know, Trey reminded me right there in that answer of, of when you look back at yourself, whether it's a week, a day, like a year, five years, like you should look back and think that you're, you were an idiot. Like I look back at stuff that I did or the way I thought, and I'm like, dude, you, you're, you were a bonehead. Like, what do you do? Like, Oh yeah. And, and that's like, that's, that's fine. That's good. Like that, that means that I'm not in the same place and I'm, and I'm doing something right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I also want to move into, to kind of the training training aspect now and, and you know, what are going on, going along with being, being all around human being, what are some differences, um, in life, like outside of training that training has caused, like, what are some good benefits from training that you have, you have seen, whether it's, physically, mentally? Um, for the most part, this is something I have only, I've only really experienced recently because um, the start of this semester, I was kind of like in and out of having like a really random ass schedule. I'm just finally now getting settled into one, like a training schedule. Um, and it was the first time I'd gone maybe like multiple, not like multiple weeks consecutively, but very hit or miss on my training schedule. And dude, I was like depressed and I've, haven't been sad before to be honest with you i mean i've been sad but i haven't been like that down in the dumps i didn't even have anything to be sad about um it was just the fact that like i was so busy my schedule is so sporadic that i just didn't really have time to get into the gym whether that be an excuse or not um it really just ruined my last couple months to be honest with you after training consistently for damn near three and a half years um, but yeah, I'd say the mental aspect is something that I never really realized because I've always worked out, always trained, always did something physically exertive, um, in my daily routine. But once I, uh, kind of eliminated that through, from my schedule, I kind of realized how, how big of an impact that played and getting back into a consistent training schedule has brightened up my day so much. I mean, happy can go to sleep with nothing on my mind, makes me get through my day so much, uh, so much easier. And then obviously you have the physical aspects outside of like sport, outside of actual training. Um, I'd say the biggest, my favorite one is probably just the ability to just do whatever the fuck I want, to be quite honest. Like I can go climb a tree and jump out of it. I'm not going to get hurt. If I do get hurt, oh well. I can go, probably the biggest thing would be climbing stuff yeah. or just the ability to like just mess around and like go full exertion. I know I'm not some... 40 year old man that has sprinted in 25 years. I know that my body's robust. I know that while I can get injured, the likelihood of that is pretty low because I train my ass off and I've trained myself to be resilient. And I think that's probably my favorite aspect, uh, the physical aspects of training. Yeah. I mean, you're not even training, like you're not even training. I mean, you're, you're training 
to, to get back into football, but you don't, if you don't have a sport, you, you're training just to be a beast. Like for your kit, like say, yeah. say there's adults listening to this, or like if you don't have a sport that you're training for, get mad strong, get really fast. You feel unreal. Like when, when you're strong, you can just walk around, not only with the, with the physical, like physical confidence that, that, you know, that you, you can do whatever you, you need to pick up something for your family. Great. You're going to pick it up. Like you need to go, you need to get in a situation mm-hmm. where, where you need to like walk up a million stairs or do something like you can do it. Like, so it's just like having that peace of mind that you, you know, your body is capable. And like you said, yeah, I mean, just the mental aspect too is, is not only it's, it's burning your day and you're like, like happy that you did something for yourself. Like it's, it's investing in yourself. And then to, to go on top of that, another mental thing is you're walking around, with confidence, like, you know, that you put work in and not to say that it's going to come in, in a day, like you're not going to have physical changes in a day, but, but over time it's, it's like, yeah, like I'm getting better. Like this is me moving forward. So it's definitely a mental and physical, um, benefit in, in, in anyone's life, regardless of if you are training to be an athlete or not, um, just, just training to be a beast. And, and they, the, the fact that you brought up, like just going and climbing a tree, like that's, that's something just fun. Like we get yeah. away from, from doing random stuff as kids, like we're doing random shit all the time. We're, we're running around, like making up games, jumping, like we're met, we're so athletic. And then at some point, like you, you become an idiot if you're climbing a tree. Right. But I think that stuff is, I I think that stuff is fun. Like you're walking around with your family. You're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do some pull-ups on this tree and climb oh, it. Yeah, and that's sure. And, and I want to, you know, talk to you about nature and, and I, from your Instagram and from your posts, I've seen that you have a pretty, pretty heavy connection to nature. And, um, I, I live on a farm my, uh, myself. Sure. I live on a horse farm. So, um, I have a very deep connection to the land and, and the nature that, that I, that I live on. And I just want you to, to kind of talk about, you know, why nature is so important to you and, and why you think it's good for us as humans. Yeah, for sure. First of all, I'm going to say I'm extremely jealous. Yep. I've always wanted to live on Pretty a farm. Sweet, uh, it's gotta be an yeah. awesome opportunity. Nature's kind of been, a staple in my life after I kind of got involved with like the thinking of like optimizing my health, optimizing basically everything and kind of being exposed to the idea that obviously we live in a modern age. Obviously there's cities, electricity, EMF, whatever you want, whatever you want to say. Sure. But I think nature is probably one of, if not the top mental health supplements, I would say like, Every single day, like if it's sunny outside, it's awesome. Like if I can spend at least like two hours of my day, whether that be walking, even studying for school, doing literally anything outside, especially going for long walks. Um, Over the summer, I went to a lot of parks. That's my favorite thing to do, to be honest with you, is just go to parks, go on walks. I just think nature is so cool. And the fact that so many people are completely out of touch with nature and just don't interact with it at all. The most interaction they get is walking in their fenced in backyard on their sodded grass um, is beyond me. Um, I actually saw a statistic today about um, average American exposure to sunlight and the average American spends 93% of their day inside away from the sun. Um, People don't get enough sun. People don't go outside. People don't, 
ground, people don't engage with the earth, go into nature at all. And I think that's a large reason why we have so many problems. Um, nature's just, I don't know, I just find it fascinating. And not only is it uh, beneficial health-wise, it's just really a fascinating um, topic, a different environment that I'm used to. It's like going out in the forest without my phone, without anything, and realizing I'm the only person out there. And all that's out there is a bunch of trees and a bunch of animals. It's honestly the coolest thing. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that some, like at some point, I, and growing up on a farm, it was a little different. Like I always thought that it would be cool to live in the city. So when I got to go to the city, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was going to be the coolest thing ever. And then I realized like how lucky I was to be living on a farm and to actually be interacting with animals daily. And I, I didn't know, you know, being from a small town in Vermont, everybody do that, did that. Like that was the normal thing. So, so, you mm -hmm. know, my, as my horizons were broadened, I realized that not everybody did that. I thought that everyone did that and interacted and was, was in touch with nature. But now I realize that it's, that it's not a, a normal thing to do that. And, and like, not, not at, at all. all. Yeah. And like you said, just going to nature, you don't even have to have a plan. And, and for people that like, don't know about grounding and don't know about, um, getting sunlight, like, like Trey said, if you just go for a walk or, or just go into a, a park, like without, without your phone, it's just look around. Like it's, it's so cool just to look at like the leaves or the trees or, or anything like it, there's a different feel. I like, I don't know if other people can feel it, but when I step outside, whether it's in the morning or even at, at any point, it's like that, especially when it's colder out and the, the air hits you, it's diff like, it's different. Mm -hmm. There's a feeling or something so human about feeling just feeling outside, like being actually in nature, it's just a different feeling. And I can't, mm -hmm. I can't describe it and I can't put a name on it, but when you step outside and it's like a nice sunny day, there's just, everybody knows that feeling. You're like, let's go. Like, this is it. Like, this is it. And, and, yeah. and you know, so even on a, on a winter day when there's three feet of snow outside, you put your boots on, you go outside, you're like, yo, this is kind of like, this is pretty sick. That's, that's awesome. And, and, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, with, um, sometimes we see maybe nature as, or, or maybe it's our mindset going into it. We see nature as like boring. Like if we don't live in a, in a place where there's a lot of animals or something, we, we can find it maybe boring. And, and mm -hmm. maybe we could talk a little bit about, you know, today's society and, and boredom and then, and how maybe how, how not being bored because of our, yeah because of our access to anything, how that, that having no boredom might kill our creativity and, and why the ability to go outside or do something without a plan and just do and make up is so essential to training and performance. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of something I wanted to talk about too, as you were talking about like that feeling you get going outside. Um, I'll go, um, I'll explain what I was talking about with nature and I'll connect that into training in a second with nature. I think another beneficial thing about it is just the quietness. And like, you get that feeling that you're alone outside and you're not in this environment of constant simulation that you're used to, that everyone is used to. Cause you have every, you have everything in the palm of your hand right here. Um, if you're bored, don't you go on your phone. People are addicted to their phones. People are addicted to damn near everything they have access to in America. We're blessed to have access to food, water, anything we want. Yeah. 
And I think escaping that and realizing how small you are and how not unimportant, but how negligible you are in relation to what nature is, how small you are in comparison to everything on earth, how understanding that there's more to life than just looking at your phone, scrolling through TikTok, reading about some celebrity family, like that doesn't have anything to do with you. Like go outside, walk on the trail, listen to the birds, interact with like some animals or something and actually do something. It unlocks like a primal part of you. And I think that's a very important aspect to overall health. It's not even about health. It's just fun to do. And I think it's a very enjoyable experience. And with that boredom that we're not used to, like I've found this with myself. I recently, or I've done it multiple times, just detox from my phone. Um, Me, like everyone else, fall victim to being addicted to my phone sometimes. That happens. Um, Taking a detox from it kind of makes me realize that I have the shortest attention span. Like as soon as I sit down, if I'm not watching something while I'm eating, doing something like homework or watching a video or reading a book, like I can't just sit down and do nothing for five, 10 minutes. Obviously I could go for a walk, but when I'm in a, in my apartment, I don't, I can't do anything. And I think being overstimulated constantly eliminates all of the creativity from your brain, basically. Um, why do you think most people aren't creative? Most people don't pursue pursue their dreams anymore, or do basically anything. People don't talk to each other anymore. People don't have social interaction. Um, they're just glued to their screens. And I think that completely eliminates the creativity. And tying that into training, I think being able to be creative and being able to think on your own and being able to um, do what you want, what you feel like you should do, is really important because obviously there's people that like to follow rigid programs. People put out programs. I'm going to put out a program soon, but that's just, um, I don't know, just part of the strength and conditioning realm. But I think creative creativity and training is a very big aspect of whether or not you're going to enjoy it. Because if you're not doing something that you're fully invested in, that you believe in, that you want to do, even though there are circumstances where you have to do stuff you don't want to do, um, I just don't think doing a training program that you're not invested in, you don't think it's going to work, you're not confident in, that's not going to do anything for you. I think being able to translate your thoughts into a training program is extremely essential if you want to make any progress at all. I have recently come upon the discovery that doing stuff in the weight room that's more fun and more creative can actually get you energized about the lifts. And like you said, if you're more energized about the lifts, you believe in it, the res- uh, the results and the outcome are probably going to come with ha- being invested and actually trusting the process instead of just having something written for you and then you're going to follow it exactly how, how you need to. Same thing with outside of training recently read a post i think it was on instagram great like again i'm on my phone but I re- it was it was uh it was something on instagram that was it was by naval or navel i don't know how to yeah but it was oh yeah it was, i love that guy if you're like if you're asking for book recommendations you actually don't really care like it's you're 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 not you don't actually care about reading you just want somebody to tell you what to do so kind of i related that kind of the same thing like if you mm-hmm. 
it, it's okay. Like at any point to ask for help and somebody to write something. But if, if you're just asking and expecting, um, a black and white answer for the, for the most part, the black and white answer might not get it done. You might need to add something or creativity. Like if you want to find a book, start with what you're interested in and then you can ask somebody and then maybe go off that and research it and do stuff. But if it's just somebody handing you information, eventually it's, it's not going to get done. And, and those aren't, sometimes those aren't your dreams. Like if somebody's just handing you other stuff, it's not, you're, you're not invested in that. It's just somebody else, somebody else's dreams or somebody else's ideas that you're just taking. And I, and I, it's not like Trey and I haven't experienced this stuff and done it. Like, or I'm assuming I like I've fallen victim to this and I've done this before and I've done it for a long, long time. It's not like we're, we're these superhumans that haven't done any of this stuff. We go through the same thing that everyone else is. Um, the only difference is, is that we're talking about it and posting about it, but that doesn't mean that anybody listening to this can't do that. It's not this, right. We're just normal. We're we're normal human beings. We're, We're just doing, um, doing some different stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, that's all I got on, on that. And I kind of want to bring that into you, your whole thing, which is on your Instagram in the, in the bio, it talks about optimization. And I just wanted to get, you know, your, your yep. view on that. And, and does it look, you know, different for everybody? Like, is there optimization that looks different for somebody that has a family and has a different schedule and, and different commitments than somebody else? Right. So sometimes we think of like optimization mm-hmm. as, Oh, you need to be this jack dude that's lifting 465 pounds like on on bench press or deadlifting the house, but can optimization look different for everyone depending on different schedules and stuff? Yeah, I think the optimization topic, whether that be health or performance, whatever it may be, nutrition, personal life, whatever it is, I think it's a highly individualized thing. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your life you're going to optimize or attempt to optimize what you care about. So in my life, for example, I care about my athletic performance. I care about my overall health, whether that be physical health, emotional health, mental health. Um, And I think, yeah, it could definitely look a lot different for people. Obviously, I'm a college student. I don't have that many duties. I have a job. I go to class. Outside of that, I train. Um, Obviously, for me, optimization may look a lot different than someone that's like a trust fund kid that doesn't have to worry about finances at all. And they can just buy themselves grass-fed steak, all this nice-ass food, get all this training, buy a red light, a sauna, a cold plunge, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like you got to deal with what you have. Um, So, for example, like if there's a 40-year-old guy out there, he's got a family to feed, he may not be able to train for three hours a day, do cold cold exposure, go in sunlight for two hours a day, go on a three-hour walk, any of that. Um, but yeah, I think it's highly individualized. And at the end of the day, it kind of just relies on what you're interested in and what you actually want to optimize. I wanted to talk about, and we talked about this a little bit pre-show in, in the in the recording or in the video room, but optimization and and having a holistic approach. So that's kind of what I what I see as or what I, what I'm hearing from you, right. Is you're talking about everybody's going to have different obligations and everyone's going to have different things that are priorities for them. Um, but regardless of what their priorities are, we were talking about how we didn't like the word holistic 
how how does does what you do yeah. away from the weights and what you do away from the training affect your performance on and off the field so those things that you're doing like say for the for the family guy how is how is doing his job or taking care of his kids maybe it's more for the athlete that is that is going to school like how is doing the schoolwork and how is interacting with your friends and how is making choices on a Saturday night affecting your performance? Like how is that the choices you make as a human affecting your performance other than just the training and the, the on the field stuff? Yeah. I think that the externalities, the external factors outside of sports are just as impactful as, you know, your, your sport practice, your training for sport, um, your weightlifting. Um, at this point in my life as being, I'm only 20 years old, um, like training is like a small piece of the puzzle to me. When I first started my Instagram two, three years ago, it was like all of it. Um, and then once I realized that there's so many other factors outside of training that can influence, whether that be my academic performance, my sports performance, life performance, if you want to call it that, um, I kind of expanded my view and realized all the stuff that was in the periphery is actually super important. So whether that be uh, making choices on a Saturday night, obviously, if you're a college athlete, external factors are going to be all around you. Even as a college student, people are partying, drinking, doing things that aren't conducive to becoming a better person, a better athlete. Um, and I think people don't realize how impactful those are, especially um, habitual things, uh, whether that be nutrition, the way you view yourself, the way you view others, the way you interact with others, the way you approach school. All of those things are going to combine and get invested into whatever your performance venture is, whether that be sports or not. Um, and I think op- going back to the optimization, learning how to prioritize things and optimize each of those factors can then create a funnel of good information and good energy, if you want to call it that, into your sport and into your performance. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss, unfortunately. And, and what you're talking I call it energy too, but you could also call it karma. Like if just, or the aura like around yeah. you, like if you're creating and developing this good sense, it, it not only makes you feel good. So then you're also going to perform better because you just feel good about yourself, but also the universe like works in, in crazy ways that people might not understand. Yeah. And for sure. that doesn't mean you're going to win. Like, it doesn't mean if I'm a good person, I'm going to win. Like I, I could lose every single game ever, even if I'm a good person, but you have I'm giving myself a chance and, and putting things in play where eventually in the long term something is going to come through. It doesn't mean that you're a good person and all of a sudden you're going to win the World Series or, or be recruited by the D1 team you want to. Like Just being a good person is part of it. You still have to perform and still have to do that, but it, but it helps you, again, by putting you in a good mood, feeling good about playing, and then just bringing you, like you said, you were talking about earlier, more peace, like more, more stillness and more ability to, to put everything you have into the training so that other things aren't, aren't floating around in, in, in the back of your head. Um, yeah. Yeah. And even with all that being said, it's like, at the end of the day, if you put all this energy into becoming a better student, becoming a better person, all of that's getting funneled into becoming a better sports player, whether that be baseball, football, whatever it may be, 
at the end of the day, it's like you, you don't deserve anything just because you put all this energy into it doesn't mean it's going to happen. And I've fallen victim to this myself trying to play football these past couple of years. I mean, I poured my heart out. I put every waking second of my day dedicated towards making it towards my goal. And one of the biggest realizations that I came to is just because I'm putting action into the universe, despite however much action that is, how much energy that is, that doesn't dictate what I get back. Like I don't deserve anything. People don't understand that, that yes, you've got to put stuff out there, but you're not going to get exactly what you put in. And that's just the fact of the matter. It sucks like that, but it's also kind of cool realizing that life isn't so predetermined Um, and I just think people underestimate or I guess not underestimate, they just look at it the wrong way and think that if they do these small things, they're going to be given something, they're going to earn something. And I think you have to do a lot more. You have to do stuff, but at the end of the day, it's kind of luck too. It's a, it's a weird way the universe interacts with people. And it's this weird, it's also, so I'm going to, I'm going to take that and run with it. So how I view that. Also, I mean, just like the, the podcast name, for those who don't know, The Man in the Arena is a, is a quote by Teddy Roosevelt. Essentially, it talks of, it, it is stating that the credit belongs to the person who's actually doing the work. And just because you're doing the work doesn't mean you're going to win. Like you could, you could still fail. You could, you, could, you could win, but the credit is to the man who's actually yeah. doing that. Like, and, and to me, like you said, the universe doesn't reward you. Well, to me, I'm going to say it depends on the reward because, right? Because when you're doing these things, like when you're busting your ass and training, when we're developing and creating and and building and and trying to further ourselves and our families and our friends, that is a reward. So it might not be the reward you're thinking of. You may not, right? You may not be the D1 athlete with the scholarship. Mm -hmm. You may not be the MLB professional athlete, but- there's no sense in not actually trying to get every single drop that you have. And if it doesn't work, you still have all that reward that you just did. You just built processes and foundation. So it kind of depends on how you look at the reward. Maybe it wasn't the reward that you wanted, but the universe just set into play other rewards that you didn't even know were there. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I'm seeing it. I've experienced that. And I think what I said of no matter how much you put in, you're not going to get anything out. I kind of misspoke there. You're not always going to get out what you like, what you're hoping to get out of it. Like out of high school, I wanted to play football after I realized that like, okay, I'm going to work, 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 work for a year, went to some camps, didn't turn out, didn't happen. And I didn't end up playing football. I'm still not playing football. Hopefully I can end up playing football soon, but looking back at it, like I understand now that I wouldn't change a damn thing because if those things weren't to happen, if I was to go straight from high school, straight to playing football, I would be entitled. I would have nowhere near the same mentality or mindset or look at the world the same way as I do now. And it's kind of, it's what you were saying. Like you might not get what you're hoping for, but at the end of the day that it's, there's a reward in there somewhere. And once you realize it's usually after after the fact because hindsight is twenty twenty. Once you realize that, it becomes. I mean, I just gained the utmost confidence because I know if I continue putting my energy into whatever I want to pursue, whatever my passion is, in some way, shape, or form, 
I'm going to grow in some way, whether that be um, being successful or whether I fail and I can grow from that opportunity as well as well. Yeah. So I just think, and I that's, think that's a really cool I think that's a great that. place to, to wrap up today. That's all we, we have on tap other than the rapid fire questions, which is the one thing that I didn't send you. So you're going to be put on the spot. All right. Quickly, we'll go through them. Uh, favorite book. Favorite book. I would probably have to say, uh, I really enjoyed, it's not like a mindset book or anything. The life of pie. Right. It's a great book. Uh, favorite memory from, from football, whatever, like athletically, and then favorite memory from, from nothing to do with athletics. Okay. Favorite memory from football. Um, I won the state championship for Kansas, my junior and senior year. So that was pretty sick. Yep. Um, outside of playing football myself was then watching my younger brother win state championship, his junior and senior years. So that's probably my favorite. Okay. Um, have you ever been in flow state and can you describe it best you can? To be honest, I mean, I don't really know if you would consider it flow state. I mean, I guess you could this summer, like doing a lot of the training. I did a lot of different training at velocity with workhorse training. And like there was days when we were doing like a capacity Friday where I'm just zoned. Like I had tunnel vision zoned the zoned in. Um, But then, yeah, I feel like it's like the coolest feeling in the world because I feel like I can do damn near anything you put in front of me. So I thought it was, it's a sick ass feeling. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, I call it flow state just because yeah. of the, the books that I've read, but it's it, exactly like, like I, I should find a different way to, to ask about it because everybody has different um, descriptors that they use or labels that they use, but that's exact. Like just your tunnel, you're done. Yeah. Like it's that. Yeah. So that's sick. Um, and, and for people like that are listening and you, you don't have to, be playing a sport to be in flow state. It can be in anything you're doing. Like when yeah. you're um, writing a program or when you're typing a book, like whatever you are, artists, like mm-hmm. drawing, whatever, photography, anything. Just, just something you're super interested in to the point where right. like that's literally all you're yeah. visually receptive to. It's really cool. Right. Um, what is something uncomfortable that you want to start doing in order to grow? Um, Something uncomfortable, I'd probably have to say... Waking up earlier would be one because over the summer I woke up really early, but after not having to wake up early, I kind of stopped doing that habit and I really want to because it gives me more time on time in the day and it yeah. makes me not feel lazy after I wake up. Yep. All right. Most valued non-material possession. I'd probably say my dog, if that counts as non-material. Uh, animals, like we were talking about with nature, animals are cool as shit. Literally yeah, so get- cool. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Um, something you often forget that you're grateful for. Um, I would say just the position, like just being born into the family I was born into, just being able to have food on my plate as a kid, being able to go to a good high school, being able to go to college, being able to be positively influenced by my family. Yep. Okay. And then last one, advice to your five-year-old self. Five-year-old self. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think the biggest thing I would say, I mean, I wouldn't want to give any super specific, um, advice. I'd probably just say, stay true to yourself because I think that's like the biggest thing with me is like, 
I've never felt like I'm the same as anyone. I've always felt like I'm very different. I have a hard time connecting with people. So I'd probably say stay true to yourself. Love it. And then this, that, that concludes the podcast, but I just want to tell listeners where they can find you and, and contact you. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So uh, my Instagram is Strength. That's T-W-U-E-S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H on Instagram. And then I also have a YouTube that I'm hopefully going to be posting on soon. That's Trey War, Trey, T-R-E-Y-W-O-R. Perfect. And for the listeners, this is definitely going to be a guest that I'm going to try to have back when we talked about it. But I mean, we just have, we have very similar philosophies and there's endless amount of possibilities that we can do with the podcast. So stay tuned for Trey on later episodes and, and we'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening.